Men Lie, Women Lie, and All Flowers Die, the podcast. I don't know why I got the arrow of love, but I'm going to hold it. Because after this episode, I might need extra love. Today, we're talking about heartbreak with my co-host, Ms. Les. Hey, Ms. Les. How, uh, how, um, ah, what's the word? How, uh, damn, I don't remember the word, bro. How frequent are you heartbroken? No. I how mean, comfortable are you? How, no, that's how not, comfortable that's not the right word because nobody's comfortable, right? Um, but we're going to talk about heartbreak. Let's, let's get straight to heartbreak. How many times in your life have you suffered a great heartbreak? Uh, more times than I would have liked. But more times than you can count? <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn, I was going to say. No, no. Um, I would say three. Three. Were, uh, were, did any of them occur as a, as a young as a youngin? No, I'm not even including that one because I feel like yeah, I don't think those count. Yeah, like so three major adult adult. Um, you ever seen a Bronx Tale? In a Bronx Tale, Sonny, who is like the the main mafioso of the neighborhood, right? Sonny's like the coolest dude. Everybody loves Sonny. Everybody's afraid of Sonny, and he takes the young guy. Um, Kolojiro under his wing and he explains to him that in life you'll get three great women you know you can't predict when it'll happen whatever just throughout your life you're gonna get three great women and uh, he happened to he explains to him like I got mine at a young age I got my three great women out of the way um, so I think that applies to men um, and if you go through three great women let's say you marry the last one you'll have gone to through two great heartbreaks, right? So I like, I, I think, I believe that I've been through three great heartbreaks. So does that mean that you've lost your... My uh, three great your, women. Like I hope not. Like the next one is not going to be the great one? She's going to be... <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Maybe I suffered a great heartbreak from not great women. Okay. But not 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 saying that's the case, just potentially as a as a... As a possible explanation to keep hope alive that I haven't been through my three great women, right? Because that would be pretty sad. Um, but yeah, three great heartbreaks. Now, when you think back to those heartbreaks, could you have avoided those heartbreaks? Like, did you know from the beginning you still went? No, you don't know from the beginning. Because okay. in the beginning, it's the honeymoon phase. And you still <laughs> actually, you're correct. Sometimes you know before you, know you even get in the relationship that this is a terrible idea. So you're gonna do it anyway, and your stubborn ass still goes through with it. And um, then we're sitting there crying. But no, the first one and the second one, I want to say we did the honeymoon phase, so I didn't know from the beginning. The third one, I probably had I been reading the red flags properly, I would have probably known and um had i heeded warnings like from people you know what i'm saying sometimes we in our quest for love or relationship whatever we ignore people telling us about the person i mean i also think you can't always go by that right because the way one person is with one person doesn't necessarily mean that's how they're gonna be 
next person, right? And you, we, we yeah. talked about it a little on the other episode, right? Where men can change for the right woman. Right. So, but if the warning's coming from their own family, not like their previous, previous acquaintances, but... Even with that being said, I still think they could have been avoided. Although they were not um, avoidable from the beginning. I think in a relationship, once you realize that the relationship is dissolving, you can either choose to work on it and attempt to fix it. Um, or most men, especially younger men, um, they're not emotionally mature enough to attempt to fix it. So they might pull away and cause the breakup to happen even faster. I don't think that's necessarily just young men. I think that's well, not um, um, that's men emotionally and women who are young just, men. Yes, not yeah. emotionally intelligent, right? They lack that emotional intelligence. Men and women. Yeah, absolutely. But normally, more so men, because we're emotionally immature behind y'all. Y'all mature faster. Yeah. Um, so my heartbreaks, I think, um, when I think back to them now, right, two out of the three. Were your fault? No, not no, my no, fault. No, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> I mean, of course I play a fault. In, we all do. In, we yeah. all do, right? Um, but I, I knew, or at least, yes, I knew that if we continued this route, it wasn't going to work out, right? We, right. One of them, we could have started a way that probably would have led to something started the relationship yeah or maybe not started it in the way that it occurred at that during that time kind Uh of give it a little more time and then start it was Um, it like a whirlwind romance what do you mean by a whirlwind like y'all meet and everything just happens really fast and that eventually leads to the breakup because so, it all happened so fast. That's actually my my second heartbreak. That one I didn't see coming. Me too. My that second one. heartbreak, the whirlwind <laughs> romance. That one, um, I, I needed that relationship. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it made me realize so much stuff after, like so much about myself, so much about what I wanted, what I didn't want. Um, that was the first time that I ever felt addicted to somebody. Oh. Like... That's a terrible feeling. Yeah, when things ended, like, I felt like a drug addict going through withdrawal. Mm-hmm. And I... I don't know what that really feels like, but that's what I would imagine it felt like. Like, I was, like, desesperada. Like, I didn't know what to do with myself. I would just cry. I'm like, should I go to his house? Should <laughs> I, like... I don't know what to do. How was he? As far as you know. Um, That's what he was showing. Right? So. Uh, He um, is. Well, unless if he's a real piece of shit, that that's going to be the exception. But most men don't show. uh, He's a piece of shit. Textbook like narcissist. What sign was he? In case he's watching. <laughs> <laughs> Les got, got a fan club. Les has a fan. Les has a hive. Um, but we were talking pre-show. Um, the reason the reason I say that, that maybe that's what he was showing, because we were talking pre-show 
about the five stages of death, also known as the five stages of grief, also known as the five stages of heartbreak, and how maybe men and women deal with them differently and or in a different order. So the five stages of heartbreak, um, in my opinion, the order they go in is uh, number one is the um, negotiation, right? So that's when the heartbreak is just on the verge of occurring and the dude starts negotiating. Like, what do I need to do to, to, you know, make this work? Um, what changes do I need to make? What have I been doing wrong? I promise this. I promise that, that I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna be here. Brothers will promise the world, the heavens and the earth, the moon and the oceans in an attempt to negotiate, to save something that they've probably already lost. Cause y'all check out early, you know, Yeah, I mean, we to- go through that negotiation phase too. Um, I think it's a little different. Um, we're not promising you the world because we probably already gave you the world and you didn't want it. Um, <laughs> right. But, Your negotiation be more. Negotiate, our negotiation is more like, okay, if I can't have, and it's detrimental to us, right? If I can't have him in that romantic way, let me try to be friends. Right? Well, guys will try to, that too. To not lose that person, um, which is the worst thing to do. <laughs> Um, and I may or may not cry in this episode. To all the listeners just to let you know. and anybody watching and the subscribers, first of all, <laughs> shout out to y'all and thank you for tuning in and subscribing and watching the video and all that good stuff. Um, please send Mama Les some love in the comments, some hearts and some hugs and stuff, just in case she cries. Heartbreak is very uh, near and dear to her heart. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think, but, but to go back to negotiations, I think y'all negotiations is when you're telling, um, your partner kind of what you need or what you expect or what you want. No, we've been telling you that all along. You guys just don't listen. Yeah. Well, that's, we listen when it's the heartbreak time, when it's the negotiation time, we were listening all along. We just wasn't paying attention. Now, now we bring it back. And that's when we start hitting y'all with your own words. Like, oh, you want, you want Mr. Consistent? I'm going to be 25-hour consistency. But why? Why does it take you guys to get to that point? Because we take advantage like, that you're still there yeah, until like, you're no longer there. Guys are dumb. Guys are um, creatures of habit. Um, dumb is probably the best word, keep it real. <laughs> but... <laughs> We never want you more than when we can't have you, or we never want you more than when we're losing you, or or when, when we've lost you. Um, and that's where the negotiation comes in, because once we realize like there's a possibility that this may end and you may be gone for good, that's when we start negotiating and promising everything. But do you guys understand like when you get to that point, you will not ever get back the same person that you had, because by that point you've hurt us so much we don't realize that until later and you will never get that version so i remember a saying um reading a saying and it was a mother talking to her daughter and she was and the mother was like every time you forgive him he's gonna love you more and you're gonna love him less and you're gonna get to the point that he'll love you the most he's ever loved anyone and you won't love him at all and that's massively true but guys don't realize that and guys don't know that that Once that 
original love bond is broken or whatever, you know, every time you come back, you're going to come back different, whether it's positive or negative, you know, it's negative. It might be negative to us and positive to you because you're coming back wiser. You're coming back stronger. You're coming back more independent. You're coming back with more of a realization that you don't even need this person. And then we're kind of just happy to have you back and, and, and that you didn't leave. And in due time, we forget that and we resort, we revert to the same, you know, bullshit person or whatever. And um, the negotiation be fictional. <laughs> so what comes after the negotiation? After negotiation comes denial. Um, for men, right? We break up and let's say we live together and you move out. Oh, it's lit now. Because now we're in denial. While you guys are in uh, in heal mode and in rebuild mode and y'all probably... We're like building empires right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all start going to the <laughs> gym. Y'all start going back to college. Y'all um, got 17 jobs out of nowhere. Y'all hit the lottery. Massive. And guys are in denial. So we're in denial um, not of the breakup or of the... We're in denial of the heartache. So we're like, I don't give a fuck. I'm lit. It's about to be popping. It's summer. I'm single. Shorty moved out. I got the crib. I'm about to be fighting out here like crazy. And it's all a cover up. It's all denial. It's all distraction. It's all um, keep your mind away from triggers and rebuild your masculinity and get it popping and rebuild your confidence and kind of using other women to do so. Does it ever cross your mind um, when you're at that stage, right? That if there's the slightest possibility of working it out with that person, that you being in that stage, that thotting stage, that denial stage uh, is going to ruin that. That's part of the denial. You don't care is going to ruin it because you're not thinking you're going to get back. And you're probably even denying you want to get back because you haven't come to the term. You haven't come to terms with the pain. So you're still on some F that. Like, nah, we're not getting back. It's party time. But then when you get to the next stage, right? So normally, um, normally for myself, I can't say normally for men, right? Normally for me, um, the realization hits you mid thought. <laughs> yeah, right. So you'll be out somewhere lit, whatever, or you'll be inside somewhere popping, um, probably doing something dastardly, and you'll like, yo, that shit'll smack you like a, a like a ton of bricks or like or like an angry Puerto Rican woman, <laughs> and you'll be like, yo, what am I doing? Where am I at? Where is she? Why is she not here with me? What the fuck happened? What is going on? And now now you're realizing, like, oh, shit, we broke up. It's been six weeks. I haven't spoken to her, whatever, whatever. And that's when the depression is. So you could be in a club, in a party. You could have 100 straight-up porno stars around you. The best DJ, three DJs playing at the same time. And you won't hear nothing. Like silence will hit and reality will hit and you'll be massively alone. 
You know what I'm saying? Both physically and emotionally, your heart, everything. And then that's when the depression stage hits. So right there, you'll probably just bounce and go home and drive in the most silence of silences that you've ever heard where your, your thoughts are like bouncing off the windows and shit and you can't listen to no music. And that's that. <laughs> Me neither. That's why we be in trouble. Um, and that's when the depression hits. And that's when the triggers hit. And that's when all music sucks. You don't want to watch no TV. You probably don't even want to get out of bed. You don't want to eat. You can't cook. You don't want to talk to nobody. You don't want to hang so out. I feel like when I've gone through heartbreaks, um, it depends on the type of heartbreak. Because I also think there's different types. Um, for example, um, my first one, um, I would have to say was when I got a divorce. Okay. Right? Um, and I think more so because I knew going in, it wasn't going to last forever. The marriage? The marriage, yeah. Um, That's not cool. I know, but <laughs> I right, know. like, I mean, I, I shared. No, but with I mean, that's past, not even cool like, for you. Like, I, I, I envision most women look forward to their marriage and their wedding date, and to go into the wedding well, with these thoughts I, already is kind of like. Uh, well, when we had initially, um, and I shared with you, shared this with you in the past, we had initially, um, I had sent out save the dates. Yes, 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 and then. You know, he called off the wedding, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think at that point, right, later on we did end up getting married, but I, I already knew that it wasn't going to last. Um, but that heartbreak was more of a heartbreak of, like, I couldn't keep my family together. Right? So. Yeah, so that's mother guilt and wife guilt. Yeah, like, like I failed. And woman guilt. You know? Yeah. Um, so I think that heartbreak was a little different. Um and the second heartbreak, that was the one that was completely unexpected. Um, you know, I was... Unexpected in what sense? Unexpected um, love or unexpected heartbreak? Like, did he just come home I one think, day like, yo, it's over, I'm out? More or less. He did? Yeah. What'd you do to him? I, <laughs> <laughs> it was a, that was a very um, toxic relationship. I'll tell you the first... Three months of that were probably the best, like, I had the best feeling. Like, I thought, I would think to myself, right? Like, wow, this is why it didn't work out with anybody else. That's like the love bombing that, is that the I danger. had gotten. Yes. Um, and then. Love bombing, that's such that, a good that's, word. That's exactly what it was. My second heartbreak was similar to that. Um, very whirlwind. Um, romance, very, like, we might have moved in together, like, we met, then she went away for, like, a month, then she came back and we hung out, and we might have moved in together, like, two weeks later, and then it was super lovey-dovey, super, like, even talking about marriage for the first time in my life, um, spending every day together real loving like cooking together all this like real tv shit yeah no listen this was like very like there was so much intimacy and i'm not talking about like sexual things yeah. right i'm talking about just like 
things that you you do that, that create that intimacy, right? Like if I'm in the shower, right? They help me unknot my hair, <laughs> right? Like those are like, I'm just, just an ex- a random example, right? Like those are like little things that create intimacy. Corny love shit. Yeah, yeah like I love corny love. No, no, I'm <laughs> like, with it. I'm with it. Um, And then, but that was also a very toxic, toxic relationship. Um, I ended up kind of like distancing myself from everybody. I remember uh-huh. my sister always telling me, um, like, you're different. But you're toxic different. from the jump or slowly evolved After, into like, the toxic? the first three months. But that's it. After those first three months, they were so amazing that I but was toxic like, in what way then? Were you guys fighting a lot? Were you disagreeing? No, he was just very manipulative, right? Very um. Uh, so he would keep you away from your friends. Yeah, but in such a way that it was like that you ain't even noticed. I I didn't. <laughs> I wow, didn't. that's a master Listen, manipulator. My Shout my girlfriends would call me, and the moment I'd be like, "Oh, I'm with so and so," they would, "All right, bye." Uh, now you gotta let your ladies. Um, so I became, I, I lost myself in that in that relationship. Yeah. Completely lost myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could dig it. Um, like he would get mad if I, at that time I had a, a trainer, mm-hmm. um, and he would get mad if I was going to the gym. So he was insecure. Oh, extremely. Uh, and what was the final straw or what was the final breakup like? Uh, it actually was over the stupidest thing. Um, he told me that he didn't want me to go do something, and I was like, "I'm gonna do it." Um, and it was something for myself, right? And um, I didn't. He was like, "If you go and do it, don't ever come back." And I think at that point, like, I was just like, "If he's willing to end all of this because of something so stupid, uh, you were willing to risk it." At that point, I mean, he had already left me like two or three times. Ay, ay, ay. His loss. So mine was similar in the sense of losing myself in the relationship, um, in the sense of very whirlwind, and then in the sense of very like sudden breakup. So she had moved in quickly and then she moved out quickly. And then um, <clears throat> she kind of rebounded quickly. And I was still in like depression. And I remember I lost a lot of weight. And I remember I couldn't listen to any music except Raekwon, only built for Cuban Links, the greatest breakup album of all time. Don't ask me why, but if you're ever suffering from a breakup, especially for my fellas, if you're depressed and heartbroken, listen to only built for Cuban Links, listen to the last song, the North Star, the North Jewel. And it's just going to help you. It's going to give you a mojo back. I don't know if it's because the album has nothing to do with women. So there's no like potential triggers. But that album got me through a lot. So that second breakup was very whirlwind and novella type romance. Right. So um, like I used to buy her flowers every Sunday and um, like send her little love texts every morning. Like it was real like corny love shit um but then when we broke up it jaded me for the future so the next heartbreak the third one and i'm gonna come back to the second one but the third one had i treated her like i treated the second one we probably would have ended up like happily ever after but because i was jaded from that second one i didn't want the like i didn't want to participate in the corny love 
And that was what she needed, the third one. So had I given her that, it would have been dope. But I was stupid in that I rushed into that when I wasn't even over the second one. Yeah, so I remember I had lost mad weight, and I remember I, I tried to regain weight, and I used to I used to pack, like, like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, mad Nutella sandwiches, and, like, big-ass lunches and mad bananas, just in an attempt to regain weight. And I remember my friends ha- would tell me, like, that I had changed in a, like, like I wasn't too much fun to be around. I wasn't funny anymore. I wasn't coming with the corny jokes and shit. And, uh, and thank God I remember the day that, um, I don't know if you ever heal, right? But the day that I kind of snapped out of it. So I remember I was home and I was off from work and it was a snowy day. And back then we used to watch music videos on like, BT jams or um, whatever there was MTV jams. There was just video channels that played videos all day, all day, all day. And I was there home depressed. And I remember Wale, um, love me more, something like that. No, Wale hate love, hate slash love. The video comes on, and I'm watching it. And yo, I felt like, like I could feel the mojo coming back. As I'm listening to the song. And in the song, he's saying, um, give me love, take it away. Um, like, love me. Like, you love me, then you hate me, then you love me again. Boom, boom, boom. So I'm there like, oh, my God, this song is literally giving me my life back. And I remember I called my brother-in-law, Brother Chi. Shout out to the Brother Chi. I'm like, yo, Chi, I'm back, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about shit. And, uh, and I've actually felt alive again that day. And I think I played the song like 10 times in a row. And I listen to that song to this day. Anytime I need to pick me up, um, that was when the depression ended. So that was when that stage of that um, heartache ended. Um, and that's when the anger stage kind of kicks in because now you're angry. Um, it's a cold stage. Right. You're angry at them for causing the heartbreak and whatever they might have did, whether they cheated or they lied or they were toxic, whatever. But then you're like angry at yourself too, like... what's up with you like how could you even be depressed or heartbroken like come on like you start gassing yourself (laughs) gassing yourself back up um and that's when the music can come back and uh it might be aggressive it might be uh like celebratory um Keisha Cole's a great pick um, yeah, definitely when I'm in my, um, I guess, depression stage, right? Yeah. I will listen to all those Cortavena songs. But do you like, start with no music? Do you go through the no music phase? I think there's music playing, but... You don't even hear it? I don't even hear it. And then right? you go to the sad songs? And then I go to the sad songs where I'm just like, this song was written for me. Do you, you cry know? it out with the song? Oh, yeah. Do you sing along? I, I sing along. <laughs> Listen, I... And I think the older I get, the more of a crybaby I become. What's um, your favorite one? It all depends on, on the reason... For the break? For the, for the heartbreak. So you had three major heartbreaks. Give me the three major breakup songs. I don't know. I got to think about it. I got to think about it. I don't know. Um, How about triggers? So um, I'll tell you, after the the second breakup, I took a lot of time for myself. 
um, to just kind of work on myself, right? Heal from that. Um, I needed- that was the whirlwind, right? Yeah. Wor- How long did that last from start to finish? About a year and a half. Oh, it's a lot longer than I thought. Um, with with the on and off, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think that I needed to go through that. Through the breakup or through, through the healing? Through the relationship. Uh-huh. I needed to, um, from everything, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, because I learned so much about myself. Um, I learned about what I didn't want, what I was willing to accept, what I wasn't. Um, he also taught me a lot. As you know, I, I say that it was so toxic and stuff, but I learned so much from him. Um, he taught me a lot of things that I I did want. Like, I'll give you a little example, right? We talked about social media in, in the last episode. Um, and to me, back then, liking somebody's picture wasn't a big deal. It's still not. No. Unless you're insecure. No, but... Well, but unless it's a big booty picture. But, right, with social media, when you go in and if you're with someone and my man is liking somebody else's, some other chick's pictures, that's like a disrespect to me, right? What and if that's as his a friend? female, as a female, right, if I have a guy going in liking my pictures and I know he has a girl, I'm like, what is this guy doing? But liking one picture or liking... Just liking it, it's different if it's like, you know, you and your kids or whatever. But I'm talking about like pictures that a man shouldn't be liking if you're in a relationship. Yeah, yeah. Like you Guys know, know what the I'm difference. We just played dumb. Yes. <laughs> um, and so, but, so I, right, would be like, oh, that's my friend. And I would just like the picture without even thinking, damn, the guy has his top, his, you know, no shirt, right? But I've known this guy for years. How is that going to affect him, right? Yeah. And of course, he would see everything i like i think at the time you could see what people liked yeah yeah instagram was dangerous at one time when it would tell you who followed who and who liked who yeah and and so but at that time to me that wasn't a big deal right and as you know i like i thought about it afterwards and i'm like fuck like that is a big deal that's a that's like a lack of respect for the relationship um on the inappropriate pictures yes yeah Um, there are pictures that are you know innocent that right. shouldn't cause a stir. But yeah, if, right, if but dude is with his shirt off, baby oiled up, flexing, and you there liking it. Right. That's Or even if he's, or, and in even reverse. If he's Like, if it's well, a picture of him, why? 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 Like, why am I going to go and like the picture? Well, that, if it's your friend and it's, and you, it's no malice to it. That's now, what Instagram now, is for. Like, it's for liking pictures. It's one thing if it's like a family or like a group, you know, like it's a group picture. But no, like I now I'd rather I'm like that that little tap is not even worth a fucking argument or anything. But or he should, a discussion. He, shouldn't he know that? What? Your partner, like, shouldn't he be thinking the same thing? Like that little tap is not even worth it. He, he wouldn't. No, I know. That's what I mean. He Shouldn't he? he? He would probably, the person you're talking about would probably see that and blow a no, fucking but, gasket. No, but uh, another thing is that he wouldn't like anybody's pictures. Like, that's just, that wasn't him. He was like, if I'm with you, I'm not doing that. Ah. That's like Kanye, who wouldn't touch any female when he was married. And I always thought that was, like, very, very kind of dope. Kind of weird, but kind of dope. So he was respectful to you, and you were just out there. Like it wasn't out there, like, <laughs> but yes, no, I'm on the like, Instagram streets, just liking now, everything. Like, now I'm like, 
like I could, right? I, so I learned, the point of that was that I learned a lot, a lot um, from that relationship. I also learned um, to communicate, mm-hmm. right? What I wanted um, to be very verbal, very vocal. Um, so it, it definitely made me a better person, a better woman, um, hopefully a better wife some point right amen um so i need it i needed that i did but don't you learn from every heartbreak absolutely unless you're not doing the self-work and taking a step back and being like what am i learning right so in well you can't repeat the same shit then you <laughs> like damn you're never gonna learn love so after the breakups right i have a thing where i go and depending on the lesson that i learned um i go and i get a tattoo this is very interesting, and I'm glad you said that because I'm dying to speak on this. Could, all right, every breakup you go through, you go and get a tattoo. But it's not, not every breakup, but the, the major the one, ma- yeah, the important correct. one. But it's not a tattoo like. It's not, it, it has like, nothing yo, to do with them. Hugo, I'm going to love you forever. No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with them and more with what I learned and a reminder to myself. So, for example, the one um, after my divorce, uh-huh. um, it's right here, and it says, trust your journey. But you're getting the tattoo to remind you. That repeat no that matter, sentence. Trust your journey. No, no, not the what you said before. You get a tattoo to remind you of yourself. Of the lessons of the that le- I learned, right? Like, the lessons or to remind me that no matter where you are, like, in a heart, heartbreaks are going to happen, and this is... I'm sure I'll probably have another one and another one um, to remind me that the, I'm, I'm going to get past it, right? And and but things are happening for a reason. In theory, couldn't the tattoo remind you of the relationship and, and the person? No, just no. No. It doesn't. <laughs> Honestly, when I, when I look at it, I don't think of my ex-husband. It's a reminder to me of just, like, trusting my journey. Like, the one... The one down my back says, um, to remember who you are, you must forget who they told you to be. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's because I was changing in that situation, right? But forget what who told you to be. What people told you to be. I don't know. I think a potential suitor, if they are partially insecure, they might see these tattoos as reminders of ex-lovers. Nah, but they're not. <laughs> they're not it's easy to say they're not but because i know guys be that's overthinking not, that's not the reason right and then i have like uh love me like my demons do do you have any tattoos not related to heartbreak i do i have my kids names here okay. i have another one over here okay so at least yeah they're not no, just no. All heartbreak tattoos. i do and they're all reminders like now right um the situation that I'm going through now, and like the tears are gonna come out now, right? <laughs> so you are currently going through a heartbreak. Um, in theory, it's like one of those where you know you you have to let go, and you can't let go. Don't cry, Les. Don't cry. <laughs> I think we spoke about this on episode two. Um, if you know you have to let go, you have to let go. You're doing yourself a disservice and a harm to yourself to continue to be in a situation that you know has no. But it does. No it's possible just like, good ending. But I think it does have a good ending. It's just. You think it might have a good ending. I think it might have a good ending. <clears throat> and you're um, willing to fight for it. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. 
So I what's mean. the problem? We're uh, in on the same book, different pages. <laughs> so that goes back to the heartbreak thing where you guys are a couple steps ahead of us. Are you willing to allow him to catch up? That's and this is a conversation, right, that that we have is um I don't want either of us to resent one another. That's that's one of my biggest fears, right? Where we continue for, to try to make it work, but then I feel like I have to put what I want on the back, or he has to put, you know, what he needs to go through at a halt, right, to not lose me. I don't want him to resent you for talking about him on the podcast. <laughs> talking about heartbreak. Um, but I don't know, man. I'm always in the corner of love and fighting for love if you believe there's a chance at love yeah, and, and, uh, I- and it's worth the fight or the struggle and I, I don't mean the struggle of let me go through this toxicity or this abuse or this um, heartbreak while still being in the relationship I mean if it's worth going through the struggle of y'all learning we, and maturing yeah we don't we don't fight um, for it have that like it's really healthy conversations very open very um, I have no doubt Right, that he cares about me, um, and that he wants to make it work. We're just like at two different places in our lives. I think it's often overlooked the importance of timing on love. You, you might be the, you might be each other's soul ties. Do you believe in soul ties? I fucking hate soul ties. <laughs> I swear to God, because I know me and me and um, at least one person are soul tied, and. Even admitting that we're soul tied um, is almost like admitting that we'll never be together. Like our souls may be tied forever, but deep down we know that we shouldn't be together. So like there's uh, something that I had seen where it's like um, the three different people that are sent into your life. Like one, well, different people that are sent into you, like not three different people. Right. But some people are mirrors. Yeah. Right. Where they kind of show you where you need to work on yourself. Right. They're reflections of you. Then there's um, the window. Right. And the window is the person that shows you um, like the possibility of what could be, but they're not meant to stay. Mm-hmm. And then there's the door. Right. And the door is your person. Your, um, but you can't the door or the window won't open unless you heal what you see in the mirror Mm, healing is the tough process um so the fifth step of a breakup or of grieving is acceptance and uh, i don't think that acceptance fully exists i don't think you ever accept the heartbreak i think you eventually learn to ignore it or learn to live with it but I think you always carry around a bit of that pain and I think it affects you going forward. And I think you always carry around a little bit of that love too. I think um, I think the heartbreak continues because the love continues. So you still have love for that person. And it still bothers you to see them. Oh, I'm, I'm speaking for men and I'm speaking for myself. Um, but it still bothers you. I don't know because I can, I, I think of... Um, you know, past heartbreaks and I don't necessarily think that it's the reason certain things bother me because I love for them. It's the 
the, cho- the, the bad choices that I made that's connected to those heartbreaks. Right? Because yeah. that's, we that's allowed certain thing. things to happen. Of course. In our lives, Before, right? So yeah. we, have to, we have to take ownership of the part that we played um, in, in getting heartbroken, right? So I, like, I think of past ones, right? I can't think of like the recent one, right? Um, but past ones, like, I don't think there's any romantic feelings, at least on No, no, no. Part. By love, I don't Connecting. mean romantic feelings, um, nor are you in love with them. You just have love for them. You'll always care for them. You'll always have a, um, like a sense of, I hope nothing happens to them. I wish them okay. well. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Almost like, like you'd protect them if you could, um, but you really need to protect them from you. Uh, and you need I to mean, protect yourself from them. But to go back to triggers real quick, because we breezed over triggers. I fucking hate triggers. So let me tell y'all about some triggers I had. Um, First, there was, uh, I had I had broken up <clears throat> with an ex, and now we're in the social media stage, and now we're in the Instagram stage. Um, so I had seen, for some reason, we still followed each other post-breakup, which is a terrible idea, um, but our relationship was on and off, so the breakup was never, like, going to be a finalized thing. Odds are we were going to reconnect, whatever. So she ends up posting on her Instagram, her sitting in a car singing a Kendrick Lamar song, um, I think it's called Love or something, something like that. It's got love in the title. And I remember seeing the video and uh, I remember immediately hating the song. Like, um, I don't know if it was because it brought her joy or I was still in the, the, the depression stage and she was maybe in the recovery stage or because she was sitting in a car and I know at the time she didn't have a car. So I'm like, whose car is this? Whatever. <laughs> um, it made me hate the song. To the point that, like, I had employees, and if they ever wanted me to leave the area, they would just they would play, play the song. song. And I'll be like, I'll be like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, fuck with me. Right, I'm, 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 I'll, I'll leave. Um, there was another song, Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody. And this song triggered me because um, the person had sent me a text that she was out in a club and she was like, oh, I heard this song. I want to dance with somebody. And the first person I thought it was you. And my reply was, who's the second person? And there was a second person. So that was terrible. So that song always triggered me. Shout out to my daughter. Cause when I was with her recently um, in Seattle for her graduation, we went and hung out afterwards and uh, she played the song. And she was like, yo, it can't be a trigger no more. Like if you're going to remember anything, remember this day, remember this moment that we're here celebrating and having a great time. And so that song is no longer a, a trigger. The Kendrick song, super trigger. So you created new memories. Yeah. Um, Justin Timberlake's, was it Oceans? Um, no, not Oceans. Justin Timberlake had a song. Not, damn, not Cry Me a River. What was the super sad Justin Timberlake song? Mirrors? It's like you're my mirror. Oh, yeah. Yo, that song when it used to come on the radio. I used to just turn the whole radio off. That was the worst trigger, and it would play a lot. And this was at a time when radio was prevalent, so um, terrible trigger. I don't think I have any triggers, like, in that way, right? Like, that something that will, like, from past relationships that will be like, oh, my God, now I have... Um, wow, you're lucky. No, triggers I, suck. I don't, I mean, I have things that trigger me, right? But it won't be a song. What would be a trigger? 
inconsistency. <laughs> <laughs> if you're inconsistent, Leslie's you next tattoo is gonna be a whole arm sleeve just saying consistency. That that triggers. But that's me. not a trigger, Listen, I don't think. Of course, it's a trigger. That's Are just a, a misbehavior that. That triggers me. That is a but trigger. But I, I, I think that that's exactly. Listen, when people do something, right, and it and it makes you feel some type of way, it's triggering you. But it's not the per, it's not the person. Well, yeah, absolutely, it is. It's their behavior. I don't know. It's when I think of triggers, do. I don't think of people nor their behaviors. Of course, I, I think more so of like dumb shit, like songs or a TV show or a smell that'll trigger. So then you're a lucky memory. that those are the only triggers you have. Because yeah, because I can avoid those them. Are, yeah. <laughs> so, no, but certain triggers you can't avoid, and they'll and you'll be like, I remember one time we had um we were talking best Jay Z songs on the other podcast, and uh, and my my bro VS played um, Jay Z 444, and I forgot that that was even a trigger, and. Trigger is that? That's not a fucking trigger. That's a trigger. That's not a trigger. I think that's more so a trigger than a person. Because it's triggers are in my brain like objects or memories or or things like that. A person being inconsistent is not a trigger. That's just a person fucking up that you need to get away from. But that's what triggers me. To you. Right? It makes me. What the fuck are we talking about, <laughs> right? You're talking about you, the shit that triggers you. This is the shit that triggers me. Yes, it is. Right? So being with someone that is inconsistent triggers me, right? It triggers my. Abandonment issues, uh-huh. right? Um, is abandonment actually bad, or is it me protecting my my own space? If I abandon no. you, for me it's bad, right? Because that's that's a trigger for me from like childhood, right? So like growing up, for example, um, when my dad when my parents split, um, my dad would come pick us up some weekends, right? And there were some weekends where he would tell us he's going to come pick us up. And me and my sisters are looking out the window, right, waiting for Poppy to come pick us up. And he wouldn't show up. That's some real TV shit. And that's fucked up, Poppy. <laughs> um, you know, and, and that, it affected me in one way. Like, it made my sister, one of my sisters, very avoidant, mm-hmm. right? So she's very quick to cut you off. Like, the moment she feels triggered, she's like, you're out the door. Me, on the other hand, I have where if you're trying to pull away, I'm like... Don't go. Like, don't leave me, right? Um, so when someone is inconsistent, that that brings me back to that place. Right? Of where like no, do, do don't, don't in- and that's things that's within myself, right. right? Like I have to so I have to learn, right? And it's it's a work in progress. Um to be okay with letting people walk out the door if they want to, right? I have to learn that art of detachment. Um, and I don't know how to do that um, because it's very rare the times that I can say I love someone, but when I love someone, I fucking love you. I think like, um, you have to be careful what you ask for because detachment is not glorious and the ability to easily detach is actually a reflection of your inability to attach. I, there has to be balance, of course, but it, <laughs> it also can't be like you have no idea how much it sucks. When, so, when you feel somebody pulling away and you're just like, no, like, let me, like an idiot, right? Like, you're like, let me love you more. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you more That's of what you're- That's the man negotiation what, I'm giving you more of what you're trying to get away from. Like, how does that make sense? How about the feeling of, and men often go through this, um, 
you don't want to lose somebody, but in not wanting to lose them, you mistakenly push them away until you lose them. And then you realize that you've lost them. So you have that pain. And then you realize that you're the reason you lost them. So then you have that pain and you're just there fucked up in the game. But I think that's where communication can save so, so, so many relationships. Communication can even make a heartbreak less heartbreaky. Of course it can. Hell no. Absolutely. And I'm talking about communication, like understanding. I'm not saying like when you break up to still have communication. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about understanding why things aren't working. Right. There's a lot of people that don't have those those conversations. Right. They're just like, fuck you. I'm done. And right. No, like closure. You mean like a sense of closure almost? It doesn't necessarily have to be closure. I mean, if that's what you want to call it. But it's just and a communication uh, throughout your relationship, right? It, it just makes things easier, I guess, to process. I don't agree. Really? I don't think speaking to someone post-breakup... I will, didn't will, say will. post-breakup. During <laughs> your breakup. <laughs> During the breakup, you want to talk to them even less. No, that's oh. where you... Like, I want to know where I fucked up. I want to know because I want to be better for... But I think deep down, you know where you fucked up. And you don't need that person to point it out for you. You're right. I think deep down you know exactly what went wrong on both sides and you can either choose to heal yourself or blame them or neither or ignore it and just move on or go do whatever. But you can never run from the truth and it's always going to be within That's true. Um, but, but I don't think there's anything wrong with clear communication. I think communication is new to people. Uh, love languages didn't exist 20 years ago. Um, even communication, like I remember my parents growing up didn't have much communication. I remember most couples I saw growing up. And again, this is 20, 30, 40 years ago. Communication just wasn't a thing. Um, emotional expression just wasn't a thing. Wanting to understand your partner wasn't really like. So it's all new to us and we're, we as adults, as, um, I'm not going to say older adults cause I'm popping, but as mature <laughs> adults, um, we're almost like having to learn in reverse. You know what I'm saying? In order for us to move forward, we have to go back and learn why didn't this work? Why didn't that work? What is my love language? I don't even know. What is, you know, what were their love language? Where was the disconnection? What, um, what could have been done better? What could have been like my last relationship? I know, um, I should have loved her better. I should have loved her. Like I loved the second relationship and, and shown her that level of love and trust and willing to, to give and open. And that from the beginning of the relationship, um, because I wasn't able to do that or I was choosing not to do that. It started us off on a negative trajectory. And no matter how hard she loved me because I was jaded, I wasn't willing to love her until I thought I might be losing her. And then I probably overloved her. And then that cycle started of the more you take him back, the more he'll love you and the more you'll hate him. And you see how communication could just like if men and women could just understand each other like 
it sucks to be fucking heartbroken. It sucks. Like, have you, like, ladies, I, I know I can't be the only one, <laughs> but have you ever, like, in the shower, like, just cried to, like, God, the universe, and you're just like, fuck, like, I don't want to feel this anymore. Have you ever woken up crying? Woken up crying? No, I've yeah, got to sleep straight, crying. No, I'm talking about I've you gone to sleep, sleep crying. and you just wake up like, <laughs> but, like, I know, I've gone to sleep crying, but. I've never done that either. <laughs> I was just checking because it's rumored that people do that. I've never done that. Not at all. I've, not, I've not, fallen asleep crying. I like wow. at 3 a.m. on a Saturday night. I don't know. I just think that communication uh, would clear so much. And whoever has a relationship that they're trying to make it work, listen, fucking try. Yeah, just, I mean, if, 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 if both if, parties are willing to try, that's yeah. Both try. parties have to be willing to try. Try, fuck yeah. it. What what's the worst that could happen? It doesn't work out. Guess what? It wasn't working out right now anyway. So, and remember, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, right, that you you'll get through it, right? If you get to the heartbreak and and you have to let that person go, um, you'll, you'll get through it. You'll live. You'll live. Yes. Don't, uh, according to this article that Les showed me before the show, it says, don't turn to drugs, don't turn to alcohol, and don't turn to food. And I'm like, how boring. What are you supposed to turn into? One of my breakups turned me into a raging alcoholic where I was like drinking and driving and bugging and just tripping and drinking thought juice every day. For those that don't know, thought juice are like Budweiser, lime margaritas, margaritas, and just a can like this. And it's like 800 calories a can. And I probably was drinking like three a day and just really trying to like not be here. And that was terrible. Um, and that extended the healing process. I mean, there's other things though, right? Like um, what I used to do before, right? Was really like dig myself into work. A just, distraction. Just so, yeah, so I yeah. wouldn't have to think about it. Um, I would just work, 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 like come home, do work, you know, go to sleep, just so I wouldn't have to think about it. But that's also not healthy, right? We have to be able to feel it. Yeah, you have to go through it. You have it. to. You have to. As much yeah. as it sucks, you're going to have those sleepless nights. You're going to have those nights that you're just like, fuck. Like, there's no other word to describe it, but fuck. Um, fuck is right. But, but the good thing about heartbreak, um, if... Nothing else positive comes out of heartbreak. Um, a few good things might come out of heartbreak. One, you'll learn to love yourself more. You yes. you you should learn to forgive yourself if you um, were the cause of the breakup or the cause of any pain um, to the partner. Um, you should learn to forgive yourself. Um, but then also sometimes you you have an increased desire and focus on whatever your goal is or whatever your passion is. So sometimes the heartbreak can lead to creativity and uh, like success almost and accomplishments and stuff. Yeah, um, I... But I think it's funny because a lot of times it's done out of spite. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing that I always think is um, uh, rejection is redirection. Um, rejection is redirection. Yeah. Uh, redirection, yeah, because your yeah. energy redirects to something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of my um successes have come from spite. Like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna yeah, succeed just to be you. spiteful. Do that. Spite is a, a good, a good motivator. Um, there's a lot more in heartbreak I want to get to. That we're not going to get to sleepless nights, um, working out, and the magic of 
focusing on the mind, body, and soul, and, that, being and the heart how that breaker, can be. Right? Like, oh, we didn't even get to the 10 hearts it. you told me you broke. Uh, um, 10 off hearts air. out of time. <laughs> You're such a liar. 10 brothers <laughs> depressed, no. drinking, not going to the gym, <laughs> um, driving off a cliff. Oh, the one gonna, guy you what told are me people about. Think? <laughs> <laughs> nah, really, have you, have you ever been the heartbreaker? Yeah, one time. Did you realize in the midst or it's, post? It's funny to keep this short, right? And we could talk about it in another episode. I was like 22 years old. He was probably like 36. Um, and what I want in a relationship now is what he wanted. But you were way younger. I, I know that. So that I was unfair. That. There's, there's more to but it. But you broke his heart. How do you know you broke his heart? Did he tell you? Yeah, absolutely. Did that break your heart? Of course. I don't <laughs> I don't ever want to hurt anybody. Like, I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't want... It sucks to be hurt. And I don't but you broke anybody. his heart because you didn't want what he wanted at the time. I was at, we were on uh, the same book. Same different book, page. different pages. He was in settle down mode and you was in How party, funny party life mode. Is, right? And now it's vice versa, no? Karma and retribution. I thank God I've never broken a heart <laughs> and I plan to continue my heartless breaking. No, my, my. <laughs> <laughs> My heartbreak was caused by my inconsistency and my inability to communicate and to love and uh, my mistreatment of my partners. And uh, I've had to learn to forgive myself for that. And and I'm lucky enough that um, none of my exes, I want to say, hopefully, and I could be wrong, none of my exes harbor bad feelings. Um, and any bad feelings that were harbored post breakup have been resolved. And we most have been able to speak and understand each other a little better. Oh, and have and, that closure conversation that I was talking about that um, you said is unnecessary. Oh, okay. Unplanned, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's unnecessary. That's what it, you said before. Thank no, you. no, no, no. I, I didn't say it was. Two unnecessary. for the women, right? Because I think I got one in the last episode. No, you didn't. <laughs> and I wanted to go back and correct that, but I don't remember what it is. But you definitely didn't get one. Um, <laughs> ding, ding. But no, it, it, it wasn't about. Well, yeah, I guess it was about that. But it wasn't planned. No, it wasn't necessary. It just occurred. Mm -hmm. But um, it made things that much better, right? Because there's no harbored feelings, like you said, right? Bad feelings. Um, yes and no. Thank you. No. no. Why? Why do you always have to do that? Like, yes and no. Do, yes. Because I have to get the last word. <laughs> I'm spiteful, I told you. That's no, it. it. It probably did help. It did help. Um, and shout out to them and love to them and well wishes to them. Um, love doesn't die. No, love, love. Um, I love so love. So you will love those that you love forever. Um, you may not be in love with them. But you'll always have love for them. You'll always have care for them. And you'll probably be there for them if they need you. Unless it's something that you can't do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and with that, I think that covers heartbreak minimally. Because there's so much more about heartbreak. I really wanted to get into detail about Leslie breaking all these hearts. Oh my god, no. And next life. episode, All Flowers Die, the book. Oh yes. I next need to read you guys... <laughs> A little snippet of this. Yes, and we'll Didn't and get we'll get into to. detail if you get, if you find any poems that you have questions about, I will gladly answer them. 
um, and inform you. So that that book was written by Hardik. Um, that book I had been working on, but when my grandmother died, um, that was what motivated me to put it out. So there was the heartbreak of that. And then there's various tales of heartbreak within that Let's book. It's All that. Flowers Die. Check it out. The link is in my um, IG page. Make sure you're following at Men Lie, Women Lie podcast on IG. Follow at Miss underscore Les. Follow at Money underscore Burns. Tune in for episode four. where, where Give me we a will. whole new Instagram. It's not Miss Les? Oh, no, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's Les Davez. <laughs> it's because I call you Miss Les. You gotta change it. You okay, slacking. Huh? <laughs> At Les, that Vaz, hit her in the DM. Tell her you're consistent. And uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Shout out to Hugo. Men lie, women lie, all flowers <laughs> die. The podcast will be back next week. And we out.